to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby, and I am here with my good friend, Mr. Dr. Tariq King. And uh, Tariq's been a part of our church for two years now, three years? Three years. Three years now. And uh, he and Mindy and his family are part of, of, uh, of our church. And, um, and, uh, and being in a small group with Tariq, I learned that he's basically... I mean, in my terms, a rocket scientist, but I don't think that's... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think... AI is not rocket science. It's not rocket no, science? Not. Rocket science is a bit, bit tougher. But you could have AI build a rocket, probably, with your level of knowledge at this probably, point. Probably, but it... Might not work. It might not work. It might not. It All might, right. but it might not. Well, work. we will discover the limitations of AI today a little bit. But we're talking about this this idea of artificial intelligence, AI, and this is actually what makes it so interesting. Is this is the field that Tariq is in. So, a little background on you, Tariq. Um, you did your master's and doctorate here at FIU, yes, right. and then, and this is one of my favorite parts of uh-huh. Tariq's journey is grew up in Barbados, but his first teaching job with his PhD. Mm-hmm. My first professional job. First professional period. job yeah. was, was in Fargo, North Fargo, Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota, yeah. I lived in Fargo for about three years, and it was um, pretty much a culture shock and a weather <laughs> shock all in one shot. Uh, but I loved it. I, so did, I did like it. Just for the record, the the weather in Fargo is not similar to the weather in Barbados. No, no, nothing like. So Fargo got to like, the worst I got was like negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit on some yeah. days. And then most of the year it was just snow piled up on the side of the road. And But the summer, the two summer months that we had was were gorgeous. <laughs> those, were, those were amazing. <laughs> yeah, those were great. Oh, well, we're glad that you're back here in uh, sunny South Florida. And so we're talking about AI, uh, and you've been doing this professional. You speak all over the world on the subject of AI, just to give us an, an idea. So some of us are maybe like really interested in this, may know about this subject. For some, this is new um, subject material. So if you're not sure about AI, we'll we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in this in this sphere of science and technology. But just to give us a, a brief idea. When you're speaking around the world, what are typically you speaking on in regarding AI? What are some of the subjects you're you're sought after for? Yeah, for me personally, because my background has been in software testing specifically. How do we validate and verify systems um, either before we ship them or even while they're out there in the wild? So a lot of my speaking engagements are around like uh, two two separate things. How can we leverage AI to make software engineering and testing better, right? So can we have AI powered tools for engineering and for testing. And then the other part is how can we actually test AI systems, right? Because, which is a huge, huge challenge, right? Because these systems are fairly dynamic. They learn at runtime. This is a different kind of area for software testing to kind of venture in, which has traditionally been more static, more before we ship, we must try to test everything. Now you can't. And so where does that go? So I make a new app and before it would have to be tested by uh, humans and individuals, what's the application? You're, you're uh, focusing on the application of AI testing the app. Mm-hmm. And so not only, but then you have to make sure that AI is running right and testing yeah. the app right. So, so you can see already it's a circular problem because if I, if I use AI to do anything, especially if I <laughs> use it to do testing, then how do, am I sure that the AI itself is giving reliable results? Is it valid? And so on and so forth. So it's kind of like, I guess I'll not be out of work anytime soon. I continue on this trajectory. <laughs> who tests the AI? If you build an AI, then someone's got to test that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm following. Yeah. Um, but for the, so let's talk about just to kind of kick off our conversation here. 
So this is a field you've been in for many years. This is what mm-hmm. you did your education in, your teaching in. You've been working for a couple of companies like Ultimate Software, for example, and yep. um, and working in, in several fields um, directly hands-on and speaking on this. And so you're you're right at the at the bleeding edge of this subject of AI. For those of us who are maybe not in this this field, what is like the what is the discussion right now in art with artificial intelligence with AI? Like why is this really coming to the forefront of a lot of a lot of discussion. Yeah, well these days the big thing is these large language models, chat GPT, right? We've seen kind of a movement now towards where AI is becoming better at natural language processing, right? So if you if you think back to some of the um, earlier advances in AI, we talked about let's see if we can play games, right? We can beat someone at the game Go or we can play Atari games, right? It's all kind of more um trial and error kind of brute force things, and then it became better at doing that, right? And then we saw computer vision become a thing, right? Oh, it can identify cats in a video. This is great, YouTube video. AI can say this is a cat, this is not a cat. And then of course that has larger applications for security, right? Identifying someone on a camera. Is it a vehicle? Is it, you know, whatever. You can now do these things with the computer vision advances, Uh, but has never been traditionally very good at natural language processing like literally like having a conversation and that's not really being able to tell whether or not it's an ai or is it roby right right and now it can do that pretty well it can actually generate text that's very human-like everything from having a conversation to generating a news article or a blog post is very very believable in terms of what it can generate so that a key part of it is generating believable language, written, written, believable written language. Yeah. And uh, so I was actually talking to um, um, some professors and administrators at a local seminary, mm-hmm. and they said, "I said, what are you? How are you handling now that AI can write really well?" So, for example, <laughs> if you go on something like ChatGPT, if you've yeah. never done this before. You could go on and say, write me a 1,000-page paper on uh, St. Augustine, if you're a seminary student, St. Augustine's theory of redemption or whatever, mm-hmm. and it would, in like five seconds, spit out a 1,000-page paper, and you read it, and you're like, not only does this like sound written well, like it's yeah. written well, it's actually got the right content. And yeah. so I asked these professors, hey, what are you doing about... AI written, you know, paper. How can you tell? Hopefully, a seminary student's not cheating. They probably shouldn't be in seminary if they are. Um, but like, how would how are the how's the uh, academic community handling this? And they said, look, we've got software that can detect um, someone who's plagiarizing someone else's work, but AI is generating fresh work. Yeah. It's not cutting and pasting. That's a, it's creating an issue there. It, it does. It does. And um, you know, now there's probably a few tools which with the help of OpenAI and and other folks are out there to detect or the probability that something was generated by AI. But the problem with that is, is that usually um, over time, it just becomes better and better because uh, the thing with generative AI is that there's another branch called discriminative AI. And discriminative AI basically says, well, I want to learn how to determine if something is true or not, right? If something was generated by AI or was it generated by a human? So it's kind of like playing the other side mm-hmm. of the fence. And what, what they do is that they train AI to do both sides. So you train an AI model to generate something. 
and then you train another AI model to determine its validity. And if, for example, the AI model is able to start to realize like, hey, this is a fake, mm. what you can do with that information from the discriminative model is feed it into the generative model to make the generative model better. <laughs> so this is basically a whole field called adversarial networks and adversarial AI, where you're basically putting two models against each other. And this is how a lot of the advances happen because over time it just gets better and better at doing whatever the task is. So it is a, a little bit intimidating. It's, cra get it's crazy. It. Yeah. Well, and it's not only just, I mean, just as I've tried different things on, uh, it's, it's almost, I mean, to me as a layman, I mean, this is your field, but to me as a layman, the first time like um, working with like chat GPT, like I'm asking it questions that I'm pretty like I feel like I know pretty well. Like I pick yeah. some of my favorite pastors or writers or theologians and ask it, hey, what is Tim Keller's view of religion and the gospel? And yeah. it spit it out in a way that I was like, that is incredible. I mean, spot on. I mean, yeah. it's scary how smart, so to speak, it, it is. Yeah, it, it definitely has like a lot of base knowledge and actually that use case is probably like one of the greatest use cases, right? Because um, initially you... You want to learn to trust this. And if you know a subject area well, um, even if the AI is fallible, like you would detect it right away. You would say like, no, Tim Keller didn't say that. Right. Or he doesn't have that point of view. You would recognize it immediately. So I normally tell people when you're starting to play around with this, like use it for something that you know pretty well, because it can still accelerate your task. If you want to generate an outline of, you know, some of um, Tim Keller's most famous, like, you know, positions on things, right? It, probably can spit that out pretty well for you. And you didn't have to go and try to yeah. check the whole web to get that to be a complete list or go back into your books or go back and watch yeah, video. Yeah. Yeah. You got it instantly. So that's a accelerator for you. But you can also immediately tell if it's wrong. Sure. So it's kind of a safe way to start out. Sure. Now, there's other ways that it's generating because it's also generating, it can generate graphics. Other applications generate graphics, can even generate video so yeah. speaking to that a little bit, because it's generating not just text, but other things as well. Yeah, the whole generative AI thing is is more than text, as you said, right? Like you can actually, now there's a big thing with combining these two things, right? Because, so for example, there's a, there's a website called This Person Does Not Exist. So if you go to that website, you'll get a picture of a person. And that person is someone who's not real. Like it is completely generated by AI. But once you hit enter on that and you look at it, you would not be able to tell. I ran some experiments with my family at home and other people in the community and said, like, hey, tell me which of these pictures are real people. And almost every single time you couldn't tell the difference between an AI photo and a real human. Um, similarly, there's deep fakes, right, where you're seeing like videos of people, mm. maybe famous people, maybe the president or someone. And, you know, like, hey, that had to be AI generated because what they're saying, sure. but it looks very realistic. So. Um, yes, generative AI is is kind of multidimensional in terms of media, text, video, images. It's all over. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move into the space. There's some that are listening to this and they're saying, wow, that's so cool. There's others that are listening to that saying, I feel like we're about to get taken over by robots. So there's both concerns and also opportunities. So yeah. maybe kind of speak to that. How should we like, what are some of the concerns and what are some of the opportunities? Because, I mean, especially with the fact that AI can, like you were talking about, it can, like, ramp up as it's working yeah. together. I mean, it's going to be 
the advancement in AI, I, I would imagine, is just going to go through the roof very quickly. Yeah, I mean, we're already seeing like a lot of just buzz around everything, but more than the usual marketing buzz that AI is accustomed to. Now people are saying, hey, I can actually like use this thing because now you've lowered the bar barrier to entry for many of these things by building better tools that people can just load and, and go for it. Um, so you're right, like there are, there are definitely some opportunities and there's some huge um, concerns. Um, obviously, like one of the biggest concerns that people are having is will this take my job, right? That's sure. one of the first things that, you know, I, I go to these AI conferences, I speak, and Han always goes up, and the first question is like, is this gonna take our jobs? Are we gonna get replaced by by the bots? Um, so that's a, a, a very key thing that I think we should hone in on for a little bit, because, you know, with technology, and I, I try to tell people this, like technology generally doesn't replace humans it may transform or shape the way that you do things. But replacing a human, as we all know, is quite a challenging uh, multifaceted thing, right? That machines are just not there yet. Um, but there is a concern, right? I'm sure that when there were the first ATMs that were being created and being placed in banks, so are, are, are the bank tellers gonna get replaced? And to some degree, some of the things that bank tellers work on has been replaced by a machine. If if I want to get cash, I, I don't need to stand in a line and see a human. I can go to a machine and get cash, right? That's generally, or I can drive through now, right? Um, but if I'm going for a loan and maybe there's more to it than just like, hey, I need money. Like maybe there's a lot more that I need explained or maybe there's a, a sensitive side to this or emotional side to it. I definitely want to be in front of a human to have those conversations. And so this is no no different here with the AI space and these advances that are now creeping into, and, and funny enough, is even more of the white collar jobs that are kind of being threatened by the new advances in machine learning. So your stance and kind of when you're asked that question, uh, is AI gonna take my job? You say that really we have, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, we have all, we, we've seen historical advances in technology all the time, mm -hmm. and in every case, it doesn't eliminate the need for humans. It just changes the application for for how humans are handling that technology. Yeah, I mean, do you really, if your job is just highly repetitive and something that a machine can do, right, which, which was kind of computers of old, right, then um, you probably should think about that job twice. <laughs> it doesn't sound very engaging. It doesn't sound very fun. And if it's automatable, then maybe that's the, the future of it. What else could you be spending your time doing if you weren't doing that within that same domain, within that same space? Um, the challenge now becomes is that AI is now becoming a little bit more creative, right? Mm -hmm. And we're seeing AI generate and, and compose things like, you know, write books or even compose music. Like these are, these are interesting things that we thought machines can't do these, right? But now they're doing them, right? So... I think that that's where like the line is no longer as clear where people are saying, well, it's starting to do all these things that we thought it couldn't do. Like what's to say that it can't. And I try to encourage people to say, well, um, even if it can do all those things, is that your value? Is that all of your value are these things that we do uh, like compose music? Now, if, if you're a musician that goes close to your heart, right? Um, if you're in another space, maybe it's not as like, that doesn't identify me as much. So we got to realize that we're dealing with a spectrum of emotions sure. here. And it's not just, Hey, no, I won't replace you. Uh, there, there's a valid concern there, but 
let's talk about it for a little bit and just put it on the table and see where where that emotional fear is coming from. Sure. I mean, I can even just think in uh, one example that popped in mind just in my own life is um, <clears throat> a generation ago, if you wanted to learn Greek and Hebrew, the labor it took to keep it fresh so that when you're reading your Greek text, you could parse each word was a real demand. Well, by the time I got to seminary, they had software that mm -hmm. will automatically parse it for you. That didn't mean I didn't have to still labor over Greek and Hebrew. I had to still learn it because I have to still give the judgment call of like the right interpretation of that and I still needed to study it. Yeah. But it eliminated for me some of the um, some of the labor of having to like recall like every derivative of every single verb in every different form. Um, which I could then use that brain space for something else. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. I mean, let's get more, even more basic than that. Let's go back to like the first abacus or the first calculator. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, those things right now, um, again, it's not discouraging people from learning math. I think everyone should have some fundamental arithmetic under their belt, yeah. right? I try to tell my daughter all the time, like, this is, <laughs> math is not evil, okay? Like, this is, this is doable, all right? Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you think back to statistics class and having like a list of formula that you got to go plug in. And, you know, it seems like there's a better way to do that than us having to manually do these things all the time. And that's where computers and computer programming and the value of them and now our smartphones has, has come in. So we're always looking for ways to kind of innovate and just get better at what we do. Right. And I think as humans, that's a natural thing sure. and we should be aggressive with that right um however as you mentioned there's there's the, the flip side of this when it comes to ai which um is a little bit more on like hey let's make sure that we do things responsibly sure people can misuse and abuse any technology really but this one is is pretty powerful so i guess with great power comes great responsibility right on that that's side. right that's right yeah. Um, I think, and I would just challenge, I think believers is another space where we don't operate out of fear. Yeah. And so I think there's a space where when something new comes that it, it, a lot of times our default mode is fear. Like, is this going to replace me? Is this going to replace my job? Um, you know, should, and, and I think our default mode should be trust in the Lord. Our default mode should be um, not one out of, oh no, like there's not a future for me or I don't know what my future looks like. We, we always rest. And Christians, um, throughout the generations, there have been technologies that have come into our path over and over every generation. Yeah. And we figure out how to leverage that for good. Well, let's pause, let's pause the conversation here. I think there's a lot more we're going to discuss about, uh, AI and as Christians, how do we approach that? What do we need to know? But uh, for now, I hope this has been a helpful discussion, maybe introduce you to some of the subject matter on AI, uh, but we will meet you here next time on our next episode as we continue the discussion about Christians and dealing with this subject of artificial intelligence. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our CityRev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.